0: mini voice episode <laughs> of book squad goals today kelly has her normal voice hello this is my normal voice emily has a soft spoken <laughs> voice because she's in a hotel room in australia trying not to wake her husband up
1: yeah he said if he wakes up he'll give us his sleepy bin opinions of the movie so we might get that later we'll see how it goes
0: (laughs) and i'm talking with a sick voice this is mary talking with a sick voice i had no voice yesterday and today i sound like a boy going through puberty (laughs) (laughs) but today i am really excited sick or not to talk about captain marvel which i've been waiting for for a long time we've all been waiting for for a long time it for a multitude happens. of reasons. This is the twentieth out of the out of twenty-two movies in the Marvel cinematic universe, like this current phase. And what
1: is this phase two gonna be? This
0: I don't phase, know.
1: What phase are we in?
0: But it's <laughs> it's setting up Avengers Endgame. So thinking about all of these 20 movies. Aside from Captain Marvel, because we just saw that, what is your favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe movie up until this point? Or how do you feel about the MCU in general?
1: Well, I'm just going to go with gut reaction. This is Emily. And, like, I've always said that Guardians of the Galaxy are my favorite Marvel movies because um, I enjoy a good, like, ensemble and I always describe Guardians of the Galaxy to people as, like, Dungeons and Dragons in space. Because it's kind of got, <laughs> like, a D&D campaign feel to me, which I enjoy. Um, and also, like, I really like all the actors. It's Bradley Cooper's best role. Let's just say it. Not a Star um, boy? Mostly because I don't have to look at his face. Which, to me, he looks like an asshole in the face. But when you just hear his voice in a Raccoon, he seems okay. So... Um, when he looks like a raccoon. When he looks like okay. a raccoon, he seems like a good guy. He seems cute. <laughs> he's cute. Yes, trash panda. Um, but, yeah, so I guess my gut reaction is Guardians, um, just because I, like, I consider myself, like, a Guardians of the Galaxy fan. and uh, It's a good one. I, it's a good one. But Spider-Man comes in close second. The new Spider-Man. What is
0: the new Spider-Man called? Oh, are you talking about Into the Spider-Verse? Yeah, into the Spider Verse. That is not part of that is not part of the Marvel cinematic universe. Okay. Well, I thought you meant Homecoming. Oh no, no, no. Which is which I also liked. Not no, as much I
1: as I like Miles Morales better than uh Peter Parker. Yeah, if we
2: could choose anything in Marvel, then I'd be like X-Men First Class would be my favorite. That's but a that's different. not part of them. There's a no.
0: weird thing. Where Sony owns some of the Marvel properties from way back, and Marvel owns some of the Marvel properties, movie rights. And so, like, X-Men isn't a part of the MCU, and Spider-Man wasn't up until Spider-Man Homecoming. So is
1: Into yeah. the Spider-Verse Sony, then?
0: Yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay. Well, they did a great job. They it's did a great the movie. best
2: job. Yeah. yeah, it's really great. This is Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Um, so, to preface this, I haven't seen very many of the Marvel, of the MCU movies. I've only seen maybe, like, six of them. So, I've seen, like, Iron Man 1 and 2. I've seen both Guardians movies. I've seen, obviously, Captain Marvel and Black Panther and... Thor Ragnarok and <laughs> none of the other Thor movies well
1: that's, um, the, that's the only one that matters because that's Taika Waititi yeah. so yeah.
2: I mean honestly like my like I loved Black Panther um and you know it's it's hard for me because like I can make arguments for why any of the, the ones that I just mentioned would be my favorite, except for Iron Man, because I don't care. Yeah, know I was going to say, like, except
1: for Iron Man, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. I f- actually, I fell asleep during the first Iron Man movie in a theater, and that is the only time I've ever fallen asleep in a movie theater. Ever. Yeah, wow. I never
1: fall asleep in a movie theater. I just
2: hate watching robots fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Like so when I'm watching if it, if I was watching like Tony Stark doing like hand to hand combat that would be one thing but he's like in a big suit and I'm just like I f- don't fucking care. But
0: what about
1: Pacific yeah. Rim? Well I was I was thinking about Neon Genesis Evangelion which is like my favorite anime but that's real I just dirty. hate <laughs> giant robots.
2: I hate them. Um that's fair. Anyway, all of that being said, I guess I guess I will say Black Panther. Um, even though part of me wants to say Thor Ragnarok because it's just really weird and funny, but I haven't seen the other two. And also, I watched it at home, and I like didn't go to theater. Like, I feel like I should choose one that I like actually went and like had the full experience. Which Black Panther I did, I but I also Chris love the Guardians Edward. movies. So yeah, I've been f- I've been thinking about going back and trying to watch like everything before oh,
1: Lord. No, the you, final you Avengers did. movie. Kelly, but you're gonna part be part of me so bored if to. you do that. I'm sorry. Some of them are really boring. Yeah, Yeah, I know.
0: I feel like a stereotypical, like, a stereotype of girls to say this, but, like, I really hate long action sequences. Same. I'm interested in world building. I'm interested in character development. development. Like, I'm really interested in superheroes in terms of, like, how do you deal with being a different sort of person? Like, how do you deal with not having anyone else to relate to or having a very limited amount of people to relate to and so like i don't really care about them punching each other for an hour yeah
2: Yeah, only if the motivations of them punching each other are interesting and i feel like the action sequence is actually like telling a story
0: yes in itself and in a lot of the movies, I just don't feel that. It seems like, well, you know, it's time for our big finale action sequence. Let's go. Yes. Can we have a moment, like, after, like, I
1: just want to request, after you talk about your favorite, can we please have a moment where we talk about how terrible the
0: Avengers are? There.
1: Well, Thank I you. won't be a part because I yes. haven't seen
2: them. But
3: I think yeah, my favorite
0: is probably a tie between Thor Ragnarok and... Uh, Blah, blah, blah. Black Panther. I think... (laughs) Blah, blah, Black Panther. Yeah, I was like, what am I thinking about? Black Panther. (laughs) I love Black Panther because they create a whole new world. Like, Mm -hmm. Wakanda is its own thing, truly. And I loved seeing, like, this advanced society that no one knew about, and seeing all of Shuri's tech. And there was so much world building in that movie, and I felt like I really had a sense of who these characters were as a people, And, like, why they were motivated to do things.
2: And they have a very, or that film has a very compelling villain. Which is a huge. Yeah, I was going to say, like, nobody's
1: mentioned Michael B. Jordan yet, which is a crime.
0: But, (laughs) Thor Ragnarok is just a good time. And I will disclaim this by saying, I hate (laughs) Thor 1 and 2. Hate them. (laughs) <laughs> like, I don't like him at all, but uh, I loved I Thor
3: Ragnarok because okay. it
0: had like Taiko Atiti's sense of humor, which is something that I think superhero movies need. Like you need a yeah. sense of humor, and Thor yes. specifically is ridiculous. Yeah, yes. Thor is absurd. Also, Chris, he's a Greek Chris guy. Hemsworth is like a <laughs> uh, Norse god. Such
1: a good sense of humor, you know. Like it seems like a waste to not let Chris Hemsworth be funny.
2: Yes, yeah, he's so funny, yeah. and like I. I think that that's what's always drawn me a little bit more towards Marvel movies, even though I haven't seen that many of them. I've seen way more Marvel than DC, because DC takes itself very so seriously. seriously. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I can't watch this with like a straight face.
0: Because you end up getting dumb stuff like Batman and Superman fighting and then saying, wait, your mom's name is Martha, too? Now we're friends. Like, and I'm like, wait, did you think is this for real? Like, yeah. Like,
2: I, I, I enjoy the Christopher Nolan Batman films. But at the same time, I'm like, this is them. a man dressed as a bat. Like, <laughs> he's literally dressed in
1: a bat costume. Yeah. You do, Like, I need to have a whole episode where I just talk about why Chris Nolan is the worst. Because I hate him. I like him. but The only good Christopher Nolan movie is Memento. I'm sorry.
0: I'll fight you. I will say <sighs> Emily, in terms of how bad the Avengers movies are, I know a lot of people like them. But I, know, I and the I first one more. was fine. <laughs> but I find it increasingly difficult to watch Avengers movies. Because the yes. more characters are there are, the more they just cram into one scene. Yeah and they're like, hey, here's fifteen heroes in a room. What's up? Right. Mm. I know.
2: It just seems like there's too much going on. It's too much going and, on. And, and,
1: Like if you're talking about serious I feel like the Avengers are getting to the point where like it's so fucking serious and like I don't like the only good thing about the last Avengers movie was like all the parts with Guardians of the Galaxy in it because I was like okay here's some comic relief like because the rest of the stuff is like so serious and I just need a break Um, also every time I see an Avengers movie I just get Mm -hmm. more and more angry that Black Widow Mm -hmm. hasn't had her own movie yet because like She's a really cool character and like it sucks that she's just been like shoved to the side in all these stupid movies.
2: She has It's also just story. bizarre because like all the other people have had like three movies. Yes.
0: <laughs> she hasn't even had one. Well, there's probably a reason for it, which we'll talk about very shortly because we'll see what <laughs> happens when a woman has a uh origin story. Yeah. So um
2: Let's just say right off the bat that we're going to be spoiling this film.
1: Yeah, spoil. Also, should we mention that Susan's not here?
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I mean, it's probably obvious by now, but Susan is not here. She is having a lovely day with her family who is visiting her. Yeah. If you're joining us for the first time,
2: we normally have a fourth uh, person
0: here.
1: Yeah. But she is not here. This is normally not a soft-spoken podcast. Just a lot
0: of things are off today. Susan's not here. (laughs) Emily and I have weird voices.
1: So we're, I like yeah. to think of it as you know, like we're doing you know our our chill, sexy voices today. That's fine. <laughs> Let us get into the movie. Oh, look! I'm wearing a nice like '90s shirt for us oh, today. Oh, fine. Sweet.
2: For so Kurt.
0: Special a Kurt, yeah. Kurt Cobain. A little
1: Kurt Cobain shirt today.
0: Uh, Captain Captain Marvel's story is a classic origin story of like. Finding out you have powers, and learning there's a threat to the universe, and having to fight off that threat. But there's a twist. It's told sort of non linearly, and we begin in Medias race with uh, Veer Vers, as she is called,
2: pronounced Veers for some reason. Veers,
0: Vier. Veers, fighting a bunch of aliens, and she's with a bunch of aliens, and we are launched into this battle between the Kree and the Skrull. I was into it
2: immediately. As that was happening, I was kind of like, I don't know how to feel about this right now because yes. I, like, I was very ex- like excited for this movie and had heard really good things about it, and then when it starts like that, I'm kind of like, what is this? This feels like a normal Marvel movie. Yeah. Oh, then as it goes it. on, it like... I was
1: into but I think I was partially into it because I was like, "We already know that the Cree are bad guys, like from the other." I movies? didn't know that.
0: I forgot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that in the Guardians movies? Oh, uh, uh, let me see. I don't, so they've I been dropping like they in
0: in the Crees the- and the skulls for a while.
1: Yeah, they were in the Guardians movie. They um, were also I must in have the forgotten. last.
0: No, they weren't in the last Avengers movie. I'm thinking like Thanos is a scroll, right? I'm I'm looking at. He's up. got a messed up chin. We sound like we don't know what we're talking about. We know what we're. Look, talking I feel about.
2: like. I feel like so um, many of the alien characters just are like varying shades of green and blue with yes. like lumpy faces. Well, my question and I don't was, know like, why are some of them?
0: the Kree blue or green, and why are some of them not?
1: So yeah they they were in they were in Guardians of the Galaxy one and two. Like why are Gamora and her sister different colors? <laughs> Look, why are humans different colors? We are. That's what I was like, you know, like, different races. But, you know, like, if
0: you're going to have green I and blue, and then you're just going to have, like, beige.
1: Well, you could say that about humans, too. You're going to have, like, brown and, you know, all these other skin colors, and then you have
0: beige. That's, yeah. White people are That's boring.
1: True. That's what we're learning.
0: Sorry. I
2: know, but also, I just feel like, like, blue and green are very specific colors. Like, very bright, specific colors. So, I would think... Like, and also Gamora and her sister, whose name I don't remember, are... Nebula. Like, Nebula. Yeah. Like, other than Nebula having, like, robot parts, they seem to be the exact same race of alien. So, yeah. I just think it's interesting that it's, like, are they from different parts of their planet, and that's why they're different colors? Like...
0: I don't really know all the details <laughs> about the Korean Like, are so their well. parents,
2: like, a mixed-race couple? Maybe. <laughs>
0: The deal, are, are they adopted sisters, right? Yes, they are.
1: Okay. This is the answer, and this is from, Mar- this is very, uh, this is a very scholarly answer. It's from the Marvel Cinematic Universe wiki. Uh, it says, And I'm sorry for everyone who's like really into comic books and has been yelling the answer at us. We suck. All right. Sorry. Cree skin, when overexposed to nitrogen, changes from blue to pink, heightening their resemblance to light skinned humans. Although other races of Cree with natural skin colors other than blue have been shown to exist, such as Koratha Pursuer, Yanrog, and Marvell, whose skin most closely resembles that of humans. So I guess
0: it's like a exposure thing. Yeah. I just I feel like that's something they made up because they're like, oh shit, we gotta explain this. Well, I mean I'll take it. That's though. true of a lot of things.
1: It's fiction, Mary. That's
0: true. That's Sometimes true. you make shit up like, in fiction in to explain stuff.
1: <laughs> let me let me let me welcome you behind the curtain of fiction. Sometimes <laughs> we're like, oh shit, we have to explain something unless we're at something real fast.
0: <laughs> That's true. But uh the movie that was a fun stage. <laughs> like, let's talk about race and aliens.
2: <laughs> no, it's, I'm I'm glad there's an answer. Uh, Look, I just no, thought you
1: know, people are different skin colors. It
2: just
0: uh, happens. So the movie kind of, like, oh, yeah. follows Veers as she crashes on Earth.
1: Oh my gosh, I just thought, we need to make a little meme of, like, uh, what's-her-face from Mean Girls. Like, if you're Cree, then why are you white? Yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, sorry, go ahead. Um, <laughs> Veers crashes on Earth after things go hinky and they're space mission and then she begin she meets Nick Fury and she begins to sort of like uncover her past while also trying to track down the scrolls on Earth and uh defeat them. But things change and we discover the scrolls aren't so bad as we initially thought. Um so that's like the basic plot of the movie. Uh I I went into this with like some prior knowledge of it, and I think it's important for us to think about uh like who Carol Danvers is a little bit. So just super briefly, I will tell you guys. In nineteen seventy seven story. Carol Danvers was introduced as Miss Marvel. And she was actually a journalist, a fashion journalist, working for J. Jonah Jameson of the Spider-Man universe. <laughs> and from the very beginning, she was sort of like rooted in some light ideas of feminism. Like a frequent thing that would happen in her comics is when she was in her Carol's, Carol Danvers, you know, like going to work mode, J. Jonah Jameson was constantly trying to underpay her. And she would argue with them about it all the time, like, these mm-hmm. men are getting paid more than I am, why is that? And Jay Jonah Jameson would be like, nah, this fashion reporter wants money. <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, it, that's kind of what it was. And, you know, she <laughs> became Miss Marvel, and she would do superhero stuff, but she was also a fashion journalist. But, later, um... The Miss Marvel origin story, or the Carol Danvers sort of Miss Marvel origin story, changed, and in 2012 the series kind of became what we know it as today. And Kelly Sue DeConnick began writing it. And Kelly Sue DeConnick also notably writes a comic book called Bitch Planet. Oh yeah, I've of It's that. really great. I have I a tattoo haven't. of um a thing from Bitch Planet.
1: We should put the tattoo on our uh instagram
0: so people can yeah see. i mean it's it's a great series and it's like talking about issues of feminism and what it's like to live as a woman while also kind of being set in this dystopian universe and it's really it's really interesting and fun and also notably has like great back matter and fans that write in and write essays and things but um, before that, when Kelly Sue DeConnick was writing Captain Marvel, that's the first time Carol Danvers became Captain Marvel, and not just Miss Marvel. Um, we sort of got this story that we have now in the Captain Marvel movie of Carol Danvers as a fighter pilot, and Carol Danvers um, dealing with like trauma and repression. And being a very strong character, but also very vulnerable, in a way. Mm-hmm. And that sort of complex characterization is what I think a lot of people liked. And specifically a lot of women comic book readers liked, because so much of Captain Marvel's story is about like repressing the past and uh, like trying to find a way to move on. Um, Kelly Sue actually had a cameo in the movie. She was just a random passerby as Captain Marvel was getting off the subway. Oh, I was going to ask if that was her. And I yelped in the theater. Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> she has purple hair. That's you awesome. Can't miss her. But the movie is kind of focused on this origin story too, where Carol Danvers has been. Essentially stolen by the Cree and reshaped into a uh, warrior for their culture. And she's been told her powers were given to her by them. She has been sort of subdued. She has a patch on her neck that keeps her from using the full potential of her powers. And she's essentially just been gaslit into believing she's this Cree warrior and it's really hard for her to believe that she's actually human and had a life on earth as soon as she starts seeing like the physical evidence right so i guess like something i want to talk about is wait i have
1: a question yeah. about um miss marvel like while while you're you know giving us our comic book lesson yeah. um so <laughs> how does I know there's like a new Miss Marvel comic, yes, with like Kamala Khan. So good, is that right? Yeah. So
0: like, how does that like? Where does that fit into all
1: this? This is just like a completely different
0: character. When Kamala Khan becomes, because so like, Carol Danvers was the first Miss Marvel. She wasn't like inheriting that title from anyone. Kamala Khan is just a Captain Marvel fan girl. Like she loves okay, Captain cool. Marvel. And in the first comic of the New Miss Marvel, Kamala is just like obsessed with Miss Marvel and loves the Avengers and is just super into superheroes. But uh sort of like a event happens, like an extra planar event happens and she develops powers. I want to say because she's an inhuman, which is another franchise of Marvel that hasn't gotten movies yet um yeah okay. just give it time uh, but it's going they're, they're all coming. kamala khan gets her powers from you know space stuff too and she actually can change her body to look like a lot of different things and so when she first gets her power she's like i could look like captain marvel and so she chooses to make her such so- a sort of shape change into the old carol danvers miss marvel Oh, cool. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, Miss Marvel's back, but I thought she was Captain Marvel. I don't know, this is weird. And sort of by the end of this little arc, Kamala discovers it's incredibly taxing for her to change her form to that extent. And she discovers, like, I should be myself. I shouldn't be ashamed of who I am. I'm going to make a costume that fits me. I'm going to make my own brand, But I'm going to pay homage to the old Miss Marvel. So she still has, like, the lightning bolt imagery and everything. But her costume is actually made from, like, a Muslim modesty swimsuit, which is cool. And Kamala Khan is, like, the first uh, Muslim, like, Pakistani-American character to be a superhero. So she's really awesome, and I highly encourage you to read the Kamala Khan comics because they good but she's related right. to Miss Marvel the old Miss Marvel in that she was a fan I'm glad I asked because I didn't you know
1: I didn't know if it was like a complete like you know different universe
0: or yeah so that's nope, interesting it's the same okay. universe and Kamala Khan cool. came after um Carol Danvers was Captain Marvel so Miss Marvel was an open slot <laughs> All right. Back to your regular scheduled program. Yeah. No, I'm always happy to plug Kamala Khan because she's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess my question is, like, how how do we feel about or what did we think about this story as, like, a trauma narrative? Because that's maybe the most interesting thing about it to me. Yeah. And I don't know if that's something you guys thought about while you were watching it. Because 100% I got out of the movie and, like, launched into this spiel about, like, this is a trauma narrative and this is what's mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. And Todd was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, like, yeah, I don't think yeah. it's necessarily, like, hitting you in the face with that.
1: I yeah. think this movie has a lot of interesting narratives going on all at once, which, like, it, I I think in in one way I really like the movie because it's – Simplicity, Like, I, I, like I f- it felt like we were going back to, like, what superhero movies used to be, yeah. which I appreciated. But on the other hand, there is all this stuff going on beneath that that make this movie, I think, more complex than the plot would have us believe. Like, we have the trauma narrative stuff, which I definitely saw. I think there's a lot of stuff going on in there about you know, like, refugees and how America treats refugees. Um, Yeah, which I have to say, I think that stuff was, like, a little bit heavy-handed at times. (laughs) And then, obviously, there's, like, a really strong feminist message in this movie, which I really responded to, and I'm sure we're going to talk about as well. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I definitely saw the trauma narrative stuff, and, like, I don't know. I I responded really well to that. I don't know what else to say, though.
0: I think... The trauma narrative and the feminism are so like directly tied together, though, because we see, yes. without dwelling on it, we see Carol's childhood as being kind of crappy and like her dad being bad, and um, we don't get like a full picture of it, but we see that she has like faced different types of adversity in her life. Carol Danvers, played by the
1: same girl who played young Tanya Harding.
0: Oh my gosh. I thought she looked
1: familiar.
2: <laughs> and um baby Theo in Haunting of Hill House.
3: Oh yeah. yeah.
0: That makes that's why she's familiar, honestly.
2: Yeah, because I just <laughs> saw that. Um, but yeah, I think uh it's it's made kind of clear that like as a child she was definitely into more sort of rough and tumble things that that girls are often pushed out of, you know, she's like racing a dirt bike and, uh, playing baseball. And then, you know, she ends up going into like the air force and everything. And, um, we see her like struggling in all of these areas. Cause she's like constantly trying to, you know, join these boys clubs and having men push her back and I think it's significant, too, that this movie takes place in the 90s, so when she was a kid, she was, you know, in the 80s yeah. and probably late 70s or whatever. Which, which is was like, like, a, a, time a very when, sexist time. Yeah. A time when, like, because these days, it's like, sure, like, little girls, you know, can play baseball and can, like, do things. And it's still not, like, at a level of equality, but it's definitely Better. more acceptable than it was back in the time when Carol Danvers would have been a child on Earth. I think, like, the feminism aspect is definitely, like, tied into all of these bad things that she experienced. And, like, we see – like, especially the moment when they're kind of going – when we first discover all of the stuff about her past, when they're digging through her mind and finding all of these things that she has, you know, forgotten. Yeah. It felt felt like repressed memories Mm -hmm. sort of – Thing though, I don't think she purposefully repressed her memories. I don't think she
0: personally repressed things. I mean, I think it definitely was Cree influence, and they made her repress it. Which the Cree have, they worship an artificial intelligence system, sort of. Oh yeah, (laughs) and are led by the artificial intelligence system, and so like they are already messing around in your head by doing that. Yeah, I think they made her forget stuff.
2: And also she was in, like, an accident that potentially made her forget some stuff, too.
0: Explosion. An explosion. A tesseract explosion. Well, it wasn't a tesseract. An energy core explosion.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Did you want to talk about Nick Fury? Yes. Because I see this note here. Nick Fury is in this
0: movie. Yeah. And, like, shockingly, I wasn't bothered. I'm usually kind of annoyed Mm -hmm. at Nick Fury because he just sort of shows up. I like Samuel L. Jackson, but Nick Fury just sort of shows up, and is Samuel L. Jackson light? Yeah. Yeah. I had never
2: seen him before. Yeah. Because
0: I haven't watched any
2: movies with him in it. With him in them.
0: Somehow, they made Greg Clark, who plays Phil Coulson, or Clark Gregg? I think it's Clark Gregg. That's weird. It's man, Clark Gregg. Okay. They made Clark Gregg and Samuel L. Jackson look so young, and yeah. I don't think it looked bad. No, no, I wasn't me. thinking about it at I all. Don't I was amazed. A second, they did a good job. Like I kept thinking, what's weird about this? And it was that Samuel L. Jackson had hair. That's it. Yeah. That's all that was weird. And two eyes. And two eyes. Yeah. Usually in movies like CGI and young people, makeup in CGI is really bothersome. Mm-hmm. Um, look no further than in the Justice League movie. The scenes oh that they gosh. had to reshoot with Henry Cavill, they digitally oh removed gosh. his mustache. And the I was just like for half the so movie weird. saying like, do I know what an upper lip looks like? Cause I can't <laughs> tell. It looks bad the whole time.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I thought the effects in this movie were great. Yeah. I thought this movie looked really good. And especially since we get a lot of scenes of action in daylight, which a lot of, I, like, whenever I listen to reviews about superhero movies, they always point out, like, all of these action sequences take place in the dark. So it's just, like, darkness and, like, shooting lights and, like, people punching each other. But, like... It's really cool to see an action sequence, like the you know, the train race and like or chase that's happening, and she's like hanging off the rails of this yeah. thing, and it's like the sun is shining, and so it's like when it's light, it's a lot easier to spot anything that might look bad. And in mm-hmm. this case,
0: everything looked good. even like, a lot of the big action sequences took place in the middle of the desert. So mm-hmm. in that case, it's day. And also, there's no infrastructure to yeah. play off of.
1: Which, like, thank goodness, because I get really stressed out when a bunch of buildings explode. Like, I'm just like, what
0: about all those people?
2: Yeah, so. there weren't a lot of people needlessly dying in this movie, yes. which was
0: also nice. Yeah. It was just like a nice breath breath of fresh air, I think. And I think part of that is because they got to go back in time a little bit before stuff mm-hmm. was such a mess character wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: before like everything was always exploding. Yeah.
0: And so I think that that lent this movie a different feel that was good to me. That being said, uh, I've read some criticism that the 90s setting was kind of heavy-handed. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was
2: fun.
1: I did, too. I, I was it, very I excited was that she was wearing a Nine Inch Nails shirt, but I was like, there's no Nine Inch Nails on the soundtrack, which was disappointing to me because I love Nine Inch Nails.
2: I enjoyed the um, moment where they were waiting for the thing to load and just, like, yes. the, like, suspense of waiting for, waiting
0: for, a CD <laughs> for something to load. to load onto
2: the computer. And also just, like, I liked all of the references to the fact that, like, Earth is, like, a shithole. And, like, all these other planets are way more advanced than us. And, like, the communication where she had to, like, go to the payphone and, like, plug in her little thing. And, like, I thought that was – I thought it was cool because, like, obviously these days, you know, we have more advanced technology. And in superhero movies, especially, like, the the Earth – superheroes still have really advanced technology. So it was fun to see that level of advanced technology playing off of 90s level Earth technology.
1: Mm -hmm. I really liked it. But I mean like I also like you know I I mentioned this to you guys like 90s nostalgia is like kind of my thing. Like that's that's when I was little and like coming up and I was like you know and I'm sure that they're playing into that a little bit because they know a lot of people seeing this movie are like Remembering the nineties fondly, you know, yeah. and and like I, at at some point, you just have to be like, yeah, I get why they're doing it, but also that's fine, you yeah. <laughs> like it's I mean, fun, just like enjoy it. Like I
0: felt pumped up when I heard Garbage start playing. Oh my yes. god! Look, I felt I pumped up. Love garbage when Hole started like, playing in the credits. You know, like yeah. I yes. felt I felt something from the soundtrack even though every song wasn't a bop for me personally, like I think it evoked a mood that they were going for, yeah. and it was affecting. I mean, honestly, Waterfalls, I was never a fan of that song, but like, Garbage? Hell yeah, yes. I love Garbage. Even if it's a little heavy-handed, I think we should question why we can't let ourselves enjoy that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah,
2: I think the, it was very similar to... Um, Guardians of the Galaxy and the way that it uses the music. I think a lot of things about this movie are really similar to Guardians because it's kind of a reverse story of uh, what's his name? Star-Lord. Star-Lord.
3: He's, you know, an
2: Earthling that finds out that he has you know, extraterrestrial DNA and he goes up to space and it's like the opposite with Carol Danvers who realizes that she has Earth
0: Stuff in her her and comes down.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, I guess the big twist is that Carol Danvers isn't a Cree, but her mentor Doctor Wendy Lawson was. Mm -hmm. The whole time she was working in the Air Force, she was working for a Cree who was like seeking to develop technology to save the Skrull refugees. But also now,
1: like. This is something that Ben and I talked about. So, like, Brie Larson, or not Brie Larson, Carol Danvers, whatever her name is, she is, like, part Cree now because she had, like, a Cree blood yeah. transfusion. And yeah. And is that what makes her um, stay young for longer? Yeah. Is, is that it, or is it her powers? I don't know. Uh, that's a good okay. cue. Because that's what we were wondering. It could be a combo like, of both. I just don't know, you know, like how Cree age. We need a Cree expert, obviously. Like that oh, seems to be our weakness in this episode. Call it like, Marvel. We need a Cree someone in, PhD in Cree studies. So write in, let us know. I'll, like give us the Cree history. We'll read it on the next other so. This is our call. Yeah.
2: Obviously, we're not experts about this. Mary is the most expert when it comes yeah, to I'm comic not book stuff. Either.
0: I love comic so, books, but often I'm reading different sorts of comic books. Yeah. yeah, we're
2: we're both we're approaching this more from a place of like women who have watched a lot of movies. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, that's the only place I can come from because that's,
2: that's my my background. <laughs> so,
0: should we talk about the best part of this movie? Goose. Yes, a tiny, I was wondering when this would a come. Tiny up. angel. Yes, I read a review. Uh, Todd rounded up some because I was complaining. I was like, "Why are no women reviewing Captain Marvel?" And which I mean, I I would get mountains. into why I was looking for that in a second after Goose. But um, Todd rounded up some reviews by women for me, and one of them was like, "Goose was hokey and <gasps> didn't add anything to the movie." And I was like, um, get out, I don't dare you get out?"
2: <laughs> also, Goose is literally what's
0: keeping the. Tesseract. 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 Safe. Safe. Yeah. Goose is, for those who do not know, a tiny kitten. He's not a kitten. He's a cat. He's an adult cat. <laughs> but yeah, all cats. are he's <laughs> But, but kittens. always a kitten. All cats are babies. An orange he's cat. Orange. In the comics, his name is Chewy.
1: <laughs> but they Maybe couldn't. they had some issues getting their rights from...
0: I, yeah, I'm but wait, like it's all owned owns by both. Disney. Both. Yeah,
1: Disney owns everything. <laughs> whatever.
0: But whatever. Goose is a cat. That belonged to Dr. Wendy Lawson and was wandering around in her uh, office area when Captain Marvel and Nick Fury are there. And Goose just tags along for the rest of the movie. Like a sweet baby. And much later in the movie, um, when we're sort of finding out the scrolls aren't so bad, Talos, the scroll sort of leader in this. Uh, Who plays him? Ben Mendelssohn. Oh, okay. He, okay. uh, Nick Fury's holding Goose and he says, What are you doing? Put that thing down. And Nick says, You're scared of a cat? It's a cat. And he says, It's not a cat. It's a flurkin'. Yeah. And then we, we discover maybe there's something different about Goose. Well, here's my question
2: Was this, because later on they mention again that it's a cat and. Talos is like, what's a cat? Yeah. And so, my question is Is this an implication all that cats. all cats yeah. are alien creatures? I hope so. I mean, so. That,
0: that tracks for me, honestly. Because <laughs> I, I thought that, that, would that was really fun. the
1: Egyptians worship them because they're like all powerful aliens,
0: right? Did yeah. you come home and look at Penelope? Like, what are you yeah. hiding?
2: I was like, I could definitely imagine, like, tentacles shooting out of her mouth. Yes.
0: Can you please Even- draw that? Yes. Even okay. after Goose was, like, eating entire people with his tentacle yeah. mouth, yeah. I was Delicated. like, he's so sweet. He's helping. Yeah. <laughs> and it was helping. really
2: funny, too, when they, when he tried to get him to fight them and then Goose, like, jumps down and then goes and rubs over the other person. It's, like, <laughs> such a.
1: Well, because he knew that it wasn't a bad guy.
2: Yeah. Goose is smart baby. Oh, yeah.
1: True. I forgot. But, yes, that was funny.
2: It Well, because it's like cats have no loyalty right. to
0: anyone but themselves. But yes. he did
3: have loyalty. <laughs> he just didn't know. We also
0: get a scene, an after-credits scene, of Goose working up the Tesseract. That felt so real. Yes. I was watching
1: that, like, I feel this... So intensely right now. Oh
2: man, I didn't see that. I I only saw the first after credit scene. Oh
0: no, I gotta look end, that up.
1: I was like, how many times have I heard this noise in the I middle know. of the night? When I'm like, oh fuck, what's I happening? I heard it
0: last night, and I was like, no, I was just in bed, <laughs> like, no, Edward. One
2: of these days, Penelope you're gonna always hear does it, hers in a like tessirette. One go, she'll just be like, what? Wow, <laughs> that's very talented. Good job, Penelope. She just throws up so much that it doesn't take much effort anymore. No, <laughs> do you see her? No, no she's not a right baby. She's in a pile of clothes. Aww. Hi, Angel. They can't even see you. I see you now. She just looks like another item of clothing. She does. I don't have any babies here to show you.
0: My cats are not in my room right now.
1: Oh, I forgot. Ben told me that I was supposed to talk to you in an Australian accent for this episode. Because I'm That's in Australia, your... but I forgot. So you can't
2: you can't do one now.
1: No, I'm not very. I don't want to insult all of our Australian listeners.
2: <laughs> I can just stop and then send you. You can just go through your file and re-record all of your parts in an Australian <laughs> accent, and then send it back. I'll just
1: to get me. I'll just get an Australian to read all of my lines. <laughs> um, I will say that there are two things that I would like to say about Australians and Australia. One. The toilets do not flush backwards. It's a lie. I didn't think they Two, did. No, I mean, that's what people say. Two, they really say, how are you going, all the time, about everything. They're just always like, how are you going? And they're like, "What is does that fucking mean? I, I, if, if we have an Australian listener who would like to explain how are you going, I would love to hear... It's just a combo of how you do and slash how's how's it going.
3: going? Yeah.
1: Oh, and they say no worries all the time. I say that a lot. (laughs) They're basically like all surfers. Yeah. That's how – like that's the mentality. It's just everything's like, oh, no worries.
2: Like chill. One thing I've noticed about Australians in New York is that – which there are a lot of Australians here – And they go so hard. Like, they are hard partiers.
1: Which is funny because, I mean, I don't know how the rest of Australia is. I'm in Sydney. But in Sydney, Uh like, everything closes so early. Like, everything's closed by midnight. I'm like... Yeah. But, um... Maybe when they get to
2: New York, they're like,
1: wow, everything's open late. Well, I was going to say, it's (laughs) funny that you say there are so many Australians in New York. Because, like, seriously, half the people we've talked to here are not Australian. So I'm huh, like, where have so they funny. all gone? I guess they're all in New York. So anyway, that's our little mini Australia chat in the middle of this yeah, episode. I briefly had an Australian roommate. Oh, yeah. Nice. Nice one, as they'd say. Anyway. What else we got? <laughs> Moving on.
0: <laughs> Do you guys have any thoughts about how Captain Marvel, I guess we've kind of talked about this, how Captain Marvel compares to other origin stories in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? A lot of people, I mean, what I'm re- referencing here is a lot of reviewers have said that Captain Marvel is mediocre compared to the other origin stories, and I'm looking for specific Hard examples. Yeah.
1: Do you have yeah. Do you have an example of a reviewer who said this? Like, I feel like it would be good to like quote something. Not that I want to give them the clicks. Hold, please.
0: I mean, you guys can keep okay. talking,
1: but. It's just its yeah. just always fun to respond specifically to, like, a specific person and be like, look, yeah. Joey, let me tell you.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, I think her origin story is really similar to Star-Lord's origin story.
1: Yeah. Maybe that's why I like this movie so much is that it gave me Guardians of the Galaxy feels.
2: Yeah, I think it's that's the movie that this compares to the most.
1: Yes. Especially, like like you were saying, the way that they used the soundtrack was very, like, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. Um, and I really like the way the Guardians of the Galaxy uses music, so. Yeah. And, like, similar sense of humor, though.
2: This movie is mm-hmm. a little bit less silly than Guardians of the Galaxy is in yeah. some ways.
1: But.
0: Yeah, yeah, there are, like, serious moments.
1: Should we just talk about how much we love Brie Larson? For oh, a my second? God. I love Brie Larson. I do too. Cool. Good talk.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Please leave best. that in there. She's here's the, here's best. the article I was specifically thinking about. Okay, it's from it. Slate, and it's the title. The headline is "Finally, Women Have Their Own Mediocre Marvel Movie." Captain <laughs> Marvel is just as formulaic as countless other superhero films, and that's a triumph. And it's by uh, Dana Stevens, and we can link to Dana, this. Why? I thought it she was Joey. notes some good things.
1: I am familiar with Dana Stevens. I'm still going to call her Joey when I respond, but go ahead. She
0: notes some good things. Like, she particularly says it's refreshing that, um, well, I think she didn't say this clearly, but she's saying, like, it's interesting that there's no romantic interest. Yes. I was going to like say that, that too. too. For Carol Danvers, like, she doesn't need a romantic interest. She's got enough going on. Whereas even something like Wonder Woman tried to Mm -hmm. shoehorn a romance in there
1: yep i like the romance in wonder woman though because it felt like just as an aside um i don't think that we necessarily have to say like women can't have romances in their mm -hmm. the thing that worked to me about the wonder woman romance is um it felt very much on like her terms like she was the one that initiated things Mm -hmm. it wasn't like he was pursuing her she was very much like um like sh- she even says like uh I can get off without the help of men like I'm good you know <laughs> so and I don't it, know I really at one point it. he
2: tries to tell her what to do and she's like you don't get to tell me yeah. what to do so but yeah I mean I yeah. I love a good romance but I think it But is, I did appreciate you know, that there
1: wasn't one in this movie
0: and I didn't miss it especially since there was no time for that. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, she was on a mission, and it's kid productive, I think, to be like she's on a mission. But no woman can resist love, you know. Like she had right. galaxy-ending issues.
2: <laughs> to take yeah. care well, and of. she also had had personal issues yeah. to work through, and mm-hmm. like I think it's important to show a woman working through trauma, and you know. Long-stemming personal issues yeah. without the help of a romantic partner to be like, it's okay, I'll support you, blah blah blah. Like, because a yeah. lot of women don't have that, and
1: like, it's nice to see someone, you know, working and through also, it on their I, own. I think like to work through trauma, um, and this is just from my own experience of working through trauma. I think you kind of have to be able to do it on your own to really like work mm-hmm. through it because yeah. it's like. If someone's helping you through it, like they didn't experience that trauma with you, so like you're not really working through it, you're kind of deflecting.
0: So, the only person who can really help you work through it is a therapist.
2: Yeah, and a cat, or and a cat, yeah, or like a best friend. And I think like one of the things that I responded to in this movie and that I actually cried during one part yes. was the relationship between. um Carol and Maria, her best friend, like, basically that relationship was here in place of a romantic relationship. And I really loved that and appreciated that. And like, just like the moment when she finally kind of like remembers stuff and they embrace and like, I cried. (laughs) I was like, Oh, my God, my heart.
1: Sisterhood.
2: I was just gonna say that I really bought that friendship. And it felt like, real. Like, well, they've side- been through shit together.
0: Sidebar, uh, Maria Rambo becomes a superhero. <gasps> mm, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, no. Monica becomes a superhero. Okay. Oh, Maria, the daughter. Monica, the daughter. Okay. okay. That makes sense. She seemed into it. She eventually, she she becomes Captain Marvel, and then eventually she also goes by Photon, Pulsar, and Spectrum.
2: Okay, because there is that moment when like Nick Fury set like is like challenging her, and she says like I
0: could do it. You don't know, yes. and
2: then Carol's like, Yeah, he doesn't know. I love that.
0: Sure. <laughs> He's like, You can't. You know, you you you're not gonna go into space. And she's like, I could build a spaceship. You don't know. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. That was sweet too. That was sweet. So back to this review, I guess. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I get. The review, I understand it. I just don't think it's mediocre. You know, like, I think the first two Thor movies are mediocre. Yeah. The Iron Man movies are mediocre. Oh my god, yes. And I just am kind of... I don't think that, uh, you know, just because there's a woman in the movie that it deserves praise automatically.
1: Yeah. But it also doesn't need to be... Taken to, like I feel like female like female led movies have to like meet this higher, meet standard. higher standard. Yeah,
0: that's that's what I think. I mean, I would like specific because I've read other reviews. I don't know off the top of my head, but a lot of them are calling this like just sort of okay. And yeah. I, first of all, I think you have to judge all superhero movies by a different standard, because, like, I wasn't watching First Reformed and thinking, well, is this better than the Avengers or not? You know? Like, (laughs) they're on a totally different spectrum. Pretty much everything's better than the Avengers, though. Oh, yeah. But, you know, like, I do think that some reviewers are kind of holding this to a ridiculous standard. Mm-hmm. It is a superhero movie. I do think it fulfills the the requirements of a superhero movie. It's fun. It's funny in parts. It has moving moments. Mm-hmm. It's a good story. There are exciting fight scenes.
1: So the scene at the end of the movie was like my favorite part when like Jude Law was his name in the movie. Hold on. Yeah. What's his face? yon Rog, uh, yon Okay So Jude Law Let's just call him Jude Law Because yon yeah. Is a dumbass name
2: Nobody says his Like I feel yeah. like his name Is barely mentioned The entire time So of- he's
1: Jude Law We know this So yeah. Jude Law Is like You know Trying to fight her In the desert And he's like mm-hmm. You know like You have to fight me Without your powers And like prove to me That you can beat me And she just like Blasts him And she's like I don't have to prove Anything to you And I fucking love that Yeah Like that yeah. was amazing And, uh, like, to me, that was, like, kind of, like, this movie's response to critics in a way. Like, like, why are you holding me to these, like, standards? Like, let me just do what I do, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, obviously, it was, like, also, like, a feminist message or whatever. But, like, also, it was just sort of, like, to critics, like, uh, this movie doesn't have to prove anything to you. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just a fucking movie.
2: And I think, you know, this movie, the feminist message of this movie is, like, interesting and different in in a lot of ways than other you know feminist action heroes that we've seen because a lot of times we see feminist uh, or female action heroes who are you know just like total badasses and like you know are as tough as a man like sort of thing and mm-hmm. i think like th- one of the big points of this movie and something that we return to over and over again is you know men telling carol that she like needs to learn to control herself like control your emotions like don't let them take over like take over blah 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 and like you know being being a woman is a lot of times being told like you're too emotional like you know you can't do this because you're gonna react in a certain way or you're gonna gonna
0: be on your period get hysterical
2: yeah and this movie was kind of about like being emotional can be a superpower in itself you know And, Mm -hmm. like, when she finally rips that thing out of her neck and allows her powers to overcome her, she is, like, more powerful than she has ever been. And, like, that is a strength, but people took it away from her and told her it was a weakness. Yeah. And I think that that is, like, super powerful and just different from what I'm used to seeing in a – in a superhero movie, because something like Wonder Woman is, like, she is, like, not even – she's not a human, right. you know? She's, like – Yeah, she's, like,
1: sort of, like, above human emotions she, because mm-hmm. she's, like – I mean, like, she's kind of stoic, yeah. you know? Like, even yeah. though she has that relationship with a human. Right. Um Which is cool in its own way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, there's a place for different types of female superheroes, yeah. I think exactly. is what this is saying. And,
2: like, the more that we have, the more – and, like, I people said this about Black Panther, too. Like, the more different types of Black characters you mm-hmm. have, the more different types of Black women characters you have, like, you're allowed to have nuances, and it's not going to be just, like, well, this is – this one Black exactly. woman character has to <laughs> represent, like, all of Black women, or, like, this one female superhero has to represent all female superheroes. Yeah. Like, different types of women can be superheroes because we have, you know, a gajillion – Superhero men, yep, and literally a
0: gajillion that we counted—a gajillion. Mm-hmm. So while on her press tour for Captain Marvel, Brie Larson mentioned uh, in an interview with like it was kind of one of those panel situations. I think where there were a lot of different reporters in the audience asking questions to a panel, and she said, looking around at the audience, uh, paraphrasing, like it would be nice. If we had a more diverse group of journalists here, because that would mean, Mm -hmm. you know, like, we're reaching more diverse audiences and more people feel like included in this genre. And a bunch of dudes and women. I'm not just going to say dudes, but like a bunch of people, mostly white people. got mad mm-hmm. and started uh, trolling, like, just barraging every outlet they could to – I just don't understand.
1: How is that an offensive comment to make? Because they feel like, well, you're being mean to
2: the white people that are in the room, I guess. Yeah, they were
0: like, oh, you want diverse but, uh, people to like this, so I guess I'm not included. And I'm like, sit down.
1: That's – uh Okay.
0: Like I uh, made I, I made the mistake
1: with it. <laughs> of
0: looking on Twitter. There was like a promoted post that was the trailer for Captain Marvel, and I made the mistake of looking at the replies to it, and it was mm-hmm. all people like, "I'm not going to see this because it's not for me." And I'm like, "Well, guess what? Like every superhero representation that I've seen since I was a child, and really into superheroes as not a child, for was me. not for yeah. me."
2: Yeah, like has has when any of those movies came out, did someone say? So, like, how are women
1: going to respond to this movie? Do you think they'll like it?
2: Like, when (laughs) I was
1: a kid, I went to go see, and I know I've mentioned this before, but I went to see Batman Returns in theaters. Um, And this was when I was, like, pretty young. And, like, I just, like, I cannot express, like, what a huge impact Catwoman had on me as a character because it was, like, the first time I, and really, like, one of the only times as a child that I saw a character like that, who was a woman, like, and I know Catwoman is not like a superhero, but she really, like, as a child, that was the closest thing I had to like a superhero. Yeah, and like, I just like, and so when I go to see movies like this, part of me just like can't help but just be so excited about the type of impact like characters like this can have on young girls, like, because representation matters, and you don't really realize that as a child, but like Catwoman is always gonna like, especially Michelle Five first Catwoman is always gonna be really special to me because of that place that she was, like, she was the only character I had,
3: you know? Yeah.
1: So, I don't know, like, it's just, it's frustrating, and also, it's just frustrating when people, and I feel like we've talked about this on the show as well, but, you know, it always bears repeating, it's frustrating when people get upset about uh, the request for, like, uh, more representation or more diversity, because it suggests that, like, they think, by including people of other color, people of other um, genders, that, like, they're going to be excluded. It's like, no, there's not, like, a limited amount of space. Like, there's space for everyone. So, like, just because, like, we want women of color, just because we want people from, you know, different backgrounds, doesn't mean, like, there's not also a space for you. (laughs) Like, stop taking it that way.
2: You're allowed to still enjoy it. Like, we've been enjoying movies about men
1: since forever. Like, maybe learn what empathy is. Um, (laughs) I know that that's usually a thing that only, like, women have been taught, but, like, maybe it's time that men start learning about empathy and start learning about, like, uh, identifying, not even identifying, but, like, understanding people who aren't exactly like them. Mm -hmm. I think this is, like,
0: a core foundation of studying literature, too. It's I like I experience. can't tell you, like, so as, as someone
1: who teaches literature, I can't tell you how pissed off I get with my students when we read something and they say, like, I couldn't get into this because, like, I didn't identify with it. Or, like, when we read something and they say, like, oh, I really like this because, like, I identified with it. Like, that shouldn't be your number one reason for liking something. Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's more to get from a story than just, like, oh, this person is exactly like me, you know? Yeah, right. It's just like, that's, that's such a close. It's like, you're only going to read about people or you're only going to watch movies about people who are just like you. Like, how are you going to learn? How are you going to empathize with other human beings?
2: Yeah. As Roger Ebert said, movies are a machine that generates empathy. And I think it's important that the empathy is generated for all types of people and not just
1: non white males. Like people yeah. who, I mean, people who aren't white men. I,
0: yeah. right. I mean, I will say, like, uh, big businesses like Rotten Tomatoes have noticed this trolling and tried to stop it. Like, Rotten Tomatoes completely changed their policy of letting people review movies, letting non-critics review movies before mm-hmm. they're released. Which, like, if you're not a mm-hmm. critic, you probably ain't seen it Yeah. So before it, it's it makes released. Sense. So it makes sense. And uh YouTube also changed their algorithm for Brie Larson specifically, where um if you search for Brie Larson, credible sources come up first, and then later is the trolley stuff and I'm getting all this from an a v club article that's awesome
1: um, we'll We'll link to that article
2: right yeah. I think Rotten Tomatoes is an issue um that we I and never we saw look the same at the thing audience happen with reviews, yeah. With the Last Jedi, like very similar response. What I'm what I'm curious about is, was there a similar backlash against Wonder Woman? Less so. No.
1: And I wonder why that is.
0: I do not I know. know.
1: Maybe because um, <laughs> DC movies are so bad <laughs> that <laughs> that people. No, I'm serious though. Like DC movies are so bad that like people. Like, I, I just feel like people have built up Marvel movies in their head a lot, like, sort of similarly mm-hmm. to the way they've built up Star Wars movies to where, like, it's this precious thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think DC movies really have that because it's been a while since we had a good – like, honestly, Wonder That's Woman true. was probably, like, the best of all of the new DC movies
0: by far. Oh, for sure. So, I don't know. I think I probably had something to do with Everyone it. Everyone was just so happy it was good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the standards
2: were super low. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Alright, that makes sense. <laughs> but yeah. I mean I feel I just am always like I'm surprised that the same people that are trolling movies like The Last Jedi and Captain Marvel weren't trolling. Yeah.
1: And I would like to Wonder say too that I felt like Captain Marvel was much more um intersectional than Wonder Woman yeah. was. Because I know that was a yeah. criticism that Wonder Woman got was that it was wasn't a very, like, intersectional, feminist-friendly movie, and I definitely Mm -hmm. think Captain Marvel, um, I don't know if they, like, directly paid attention to that or they just, like, naturally did it, but, you know, we've talked about this before on the podcast as well, but um, it's not really feminism if it's not intersectional, and I think this movie does a good job of that. Um, I mean, even though our main character is a white woman, there's still, you know, a lot of people of color in the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, in major roles, um, even blue people, even blue people. <laughs> so you know, hangry people.
2: Yeah, I think it's just it's good to include as many people as you can without being like, well, this is our black character and this is our.
1: And you it know, didn't cause do that because we had several people of color. So right, you know. exactly, men and women. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked it. it. That's really, my really official it.
2: review. I enjoyed it. Yeah. So what? What are we rating it?
1: My official review is that I did not fall asleep in it, and I fall asleep in a lot of a, lo- <laughs> a lot of superhero movies because the action scenes get really boring to me, and I'm like, I'll just wake up when the action scene's over. But to me, like we were talking earlier about how like action scenes are good when they actually feel like important, and to me, like all the action sequences in this movie they weren't, like, overwrought. They felt necessary for the plot. I felt invested in what was happening. So I was, like, paying attention the whole time. Um, yeah. So that, to me, was, like, really well done. Um, for so. sure.
2: Like, especially I could have watched that fight between her and Jude Law like, for a really long time. Yes.
1: yes.
2: But it was cool. Because I just found like, that
1: I really liked Jude Law and Brie Larson so I was I really excited.
2: Like- I found that to be an interesting relationship too because it's sort of the, like, um What's it called? The thing where like your kidnapper, you, you like, Syndrome. Mm-hmm. yeah, which like she doesn't fully exhibit, but it's kind of like there's a part but of her also, that like wants
1: to believe him, yeah. and also like he's a part of her forever now because she like literally has his blood inside of her. Yeah, he like saved her.
3: Yeah,
0: so it's but kinda- saved her from a situation he created. To be fair
1: yeah it's funny ben is ben is awake now so we should get sleepy ben opinions maybe at some point but it was funny because like after the movie ben was like man Jafar always plays a bad guy and i was like a dumbledore is not a bad guy and he was like he kind of is though <laughs> he kind
2: of is but yeah as soon as i saw him like i didn't really know anything about like what the plot was gonna be but as soon as i saw him i was like i don't trust that guy <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, as much as I love Jubal, even as a human being, he's kind of like, "Mm, I don't trust that guy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But Yeah, I really liked it. Um, I haven't like officially rated it on um, Letterboxd yet because I I feel like my immediate emotional reaction to it was like five stars, which kind of happens sometimes when I come out of a movie and I'm really excited. I don't know, like given time, I don't think I would like give it five stars. Like maybe it's more like a four star movie. Um, Yeah.
0: I rated it four. I think I yeah, think I, I would think. give it four. Thinking about it in the genre of superhero films, i would give yeah. it a solid four. I think. Yeah, which is a very good rating still. Yeah, for
2: a superhero movie especially. Yeah,
1: especially <laughs> for a superhero movie.
2: Um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it, and I think people, even if even if you're skeptical and you've heard that it's meh, I think you should five go it. stars for Goose. Oh, Goose High gets stars 10
0: Goose. stars out of 5. 10 out of 5 we'll stars see.
2: for Goose. That cat
1: was so well-trained. I know. Such a ba- oh, and you guys, did you read that? Um, Okay, I read this article about Goose, because, you know, I had to read about Goose after the movie. Apparently, Daniel L. Jackson <laughs> hates cats, and Brie Larson is allergic. That made me so sad. I was like, well, poor Goose. Well, he did a good job of acting like he loved it.
3: Yeah, well, you know,
1: Samuel L. Jackson is just like, you know, a movie star, so he's got that down. But yeah, I was so sad to find out. He he doesn't, to be fair, he said he doesn't really like any, he's not like an animal person, so it's not like he specifically hates cats, which makes it more okay to me. Like, I really don't like it when people like single out cats and say I hate cats. Like, you're not an animal person, you're not an animal person. I don't understand that. But I understand that more than just hating cats. And I'm so sad about Breed. I'm just very sad when anybody's allergic to cats. It makes me very sad in my heart. Ben, do you want to give your Sleepy Ben opinions of the movie? He said he's not getting out of bed, so I'm going to bring this over to him real fast. All right. You guys ready for Sleepy Ben opinions? Yeah, we're ready. Okay, go, Ben.
3: Uh, That was pretty good. (laughs) It uh, It was nice to see an unapologetic female superhero. I don't even know if yes. we got that as much in Wonder Woman because she, she had a bit of a, I don't know, like a weird innocence that was different. Mm-hmm. She was know, like naive about the world, a bit more naive in mm-hmm. her headstrong attitude, and it was very nice to see someone who was a little more sure of herself, even if it was, you know, on the basis of a sort of a brainwash. But it didn't really change <laughs> who she was. Yeah, it was just a different outlook. So very good. What looked, do you
1: think about Goose?
3: It is great. <laughs> I mean, I don't get a lot of positive cat humor.
1: Yeah. We need more movies. positive cat representation
3: in movies, I think. It's yeah, true. They're not, it's it's unfortunate. And I hope they're both in the, whatever that, in-game. Yeah, called. they will be in the adventure game care enough to see it uh, when it comes mm-hmm. out now.
1: Oh, man, we haven't talked about Ant-Man at all, but I really also mm. like the Ant-Man yeah. movies. Um, okay. So I'm excited to see Ant Man in the next Avengers movie, um, but yeah. Ben, it's 7:30 uh, in the morning here in Sydney, so Ben is just now waking up.
3: So I appreciate the sweet, those sleepy are Ben opinion.
0: Raw, honest opinion.
1: Thank yes. you, Ben. Raw, honest first thing in the morning opinion. <laughs> All right, I'm coming
3: back over here. So
1: yeah,
0: I will say on the way. So I took Emily and Ben to the airport to for them to go to Australia, mm-hmm. and on the way there, Ben said. I hope they don't give us the dumb origin story of Nick Fury losing his eye, <laughs> 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 and but it was goose, but goose, goose scratched okay. his eye, so it's okay.
2: <laughs> it's kind of funny. I like Justine showed me a screen cap of like one of the. Avengers movies where he was like, the last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye.
1: (laughs) Goose (laughs) is the last person he trusted. Goose. Yeah. That's so cute. The little little flirking. I wonder how long they had that plan that that was going to be the way he lost his eye. I know. I know. Huh. He didn't even seem upset about it. (laughs) No.
0: No. How can you be mad at Goose? You can't. He still kept Goose. Which, honestly, that means very true for me. Because I had Petrina for a year, and she was like straight up feral.
2: Yeah, a mm-hmm. cat could – once it wins its way into your heart, like,
1: it does not matter what it does to yeah. you. Yes, as as the pee has proven time and time again by doing <laughs> dumbass shit. And then, like, like okay, he peed on my carpet, staring directly at me as he just, like, urinated all over the floor. <laughs> and then, like, I was still in the middle of cleaning it up. And I was like, oh, look at you. You're so sweet and such a good boy. And I was like, wait, no. No, you're he, bad. like, seriously. Seriously, they brainwash you cats brainwash you. Yeah. But know. I was like sitting there cleaning his urine and going like, What a good baby. It's bad.
0: I guess it's time for what's on the blog.
3: What's on and the what's the up blog? next
0: on the podcast?
1: Well, well what's on the blog, y'all. Riverdale.
0: <sighs>
2: also, R.I.P. Luke Perry. I know. I I am heartbroken. I felt, and I really only I didn't watch Night Two yeah, Like I really know
1: him mostly from Riverdale. Me too. I felt emotional seeing him on the episode. This I know week. him mostly from the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie, which is a great movie.
2: And just like reading on twitter like all of these different people from all different parts of the industry just telling stories about what a wonderful man he was like
3: <sighs>
2: so many people just saying like this was such a good guy like yeah. if susan was here she would also say
0: she is very upset
2: oh yeah for sure and then like seeing like the cast members of Riverdale like posting about him and saying like you were a mentor to me and the showrunner show said the next
0: episode of Riverdale and every episode of Riverdale after that is dedicated to Luke Perry yeah. <laughs>
1: I don't know if Luke Perry wants that. Are you sure you want that, Luke Perry? <laughs> I think he does. He was He's proud. like, no, thank you.
2: <laughs> he was proud of being that. on that show. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was know. proud of it.
0: We also have mm. Survivor recaps happening on our book. Yeah. If you've never watched Survivor before, just get a little taste of it from reading our recap. It's Buck Wild. Yes. It's Buck Wild. It is. Truly. And I love you guys' observations. Yes. I'm also trying to make gifts
1: <laughs> of each episode.
0: You're doing – you're not trying. Because there are, are no gifts of Survivor episodes.
1: So
3: Definitely They look Tina. great. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We're also still doing – I guess at this point we're almost wrapping up with our Bachelor recap. So we have one more week. But never fear, because the Bachelorette is coming up next. And yes. we'll be back. Yeah.
2: So last week I guessed it on the – on the recap in place of Emily, but she will be
1: back this week mm-hmm. with Recapping from thoughts. New Zealand. I will be recapping from New Zealand, but I really wanted to be there with you guys for the last week of post the Badger. Post fence jump. For, yeah, post fence jump. I'm so sad I missed the fence jump. I mean, I feel sorry for you. I mean, I watched it, but the fact that I didn't get to say anything about
2: it. I know. Are you glad that um, you are officially in the lead?
1: I am, but... Know. I I still feel like okay, so Cassie is the only person I have left in this race. Um and she's still my problem child. Um thank thank goodness for the women tell all. Let me just say that, because I like yeah. racked up the points that episode. Yep. Bless you. Demi Demi is my perfect angel child. Demi got you like forty points. <laughs> yeah. Demi is wonderful. Ben and I watched um what was it called? Can I steal you for a second last night? You oh, how was the, it? Uh, it was fine. It was just like a recap I show some of it It was kind of boring, but I do yeah. love Rachel, yeah. and Ben was actually like hilarious um so it was good to see good old good old Ben from not not my husband Ben. He's hilarious also, but I mean like Ben Ben H. the bachelor Ben Higgins, who uh the Bachelor franchise is just like in love with, and he's like the perfect bachelor to everyone so. Oh, and at one point in the uh, recap, Rachel straight up told Ben that he was a much better Bachelor than Nick was. Damn. I was like, dang, Rachel is not afraid to tell it like it is. It's great. Um, but yeah, so if you're a huge Bachelor super fan, you can watch
0: that on Hulu right now. Little plug there. And finally, finally. I, I wrote a blog post about Treehouse, the latest episode in Hulu's in the Dark series. I was like, what's it called? The sickness <laughs> is overtaking me at this point. Oh um, Mary. It stars my boy and Susan's boy, Jimmy Simpson. Yeah, that's the awesome one. And uh it was it was that. interesting for those that don't know, In the Dark is a horror anthology series. It's talked about like it's a TV show, but the episodes are like an hour and a half each, so they kind of are like movies, in my opinion. It's like
1: Black Mirror. Yeah, so... (laughs) Black Mirror, but movies. Yeah. I watched the Valentine's one where they're like stuck in the elevator together. That's the only one I've seen.
0: I didn't see that one. I saw the New Year Year one and liked it. I gotta go back and watch all of them.
2: Yeah, I want to watch them so I did not read the post because I didn't want to be spoiled.
1: Um, I feel like we should also plug... While we're talking about blogs, we should also plug Gabriella's um, article about Captain
0: Marvel.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. So Gabriella was going to guest on this episode, but then unfortunately had a plan conflict. So I told her, she's her that she here. should
1: just leave her friends and come talk to us because we were more important <laughs> than them. And she, I almost convinced her, but then she was like, "I have the text." Actually, she said. I should TBH, but we never see them and we won't again until their wedding in June. And I was like, oh, I guess that's like true. But like, yeah. whatever, Gabriella, we missed you.
2: Yeah. But hopefully an- there will be another time when we record at a weird hour and she'll be able to join us. You might the know issue Gabriella t-
1: from the uh, Riverdale Recaps, by the way.
2: Yes. yes. She lives yeah. in London, so usually we record on Monday nights and she is... Definitely asleep by then. Yeah. So but she
0: wrote a Captain Marvel review that's really good. She we did, and she it. loved it. Mm-hmm. So we she also to got to pet Goose. Yeah. I know. Extremely It's Unfair. I see Penelope's little ear sticking up.
1: Oh, oh baby. Oh, did you see her little ear move? Guys, I'm going to the Sydney Cat Cafe today. <sighs> We're going to go watch Aliens with the cats. Oh my god! Which seems very like seems very good now that we know that all cats
3: are aliens. Yes.
1: Yes. Appropriate. Jones. Yeah.
2: Appropriate. So, um, next time on the podcast, uh, if you're if you're just joining us as a new listener, um, we do every other week a book review, and then on the uh no, once a month we do a book review, and then on the off weeks it's so hard to describe this
1: i need to like right we, we do a podcast listen this like listen <laughs> this is how it works we do a podcast every other monday yes um one monday a month we talk about a book and then the other monday we talk about some other thing in pop culture often it's book related or comic book related sometimes it's not sometimes it's a tv it's show. our prerogative because it's our damn podcast um but yeah. yeah. So that means this was our not book episode. Um yeah. so that means our next episode is a book episode. And that book is Yes. That book is Fruit of the
2: Drunken Tree yeah. by Ingrid Rojas Contreras. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Trying.
2: Um yes, si. it is see. <laughs> si. Um it's really yeah. I'm really enjoying yeah, me it. Too. Uh I'm this is my pick, so I'm happy that I picked something that I'm not mad about
1: yeah.
2: yet. Who knows if I'll be mad by the end? But I'm like I think I'm like maybe fifty. I don't to know how far I am because
1: I'm listening to it. So. but it's okay.
2: good
1: so far. Yeah.
2: Um I recommend you guys check it out. I it's very kind of reminiscent of um the film Roma. Which actually. I haven't seen. It's yet. like a kind of similar plot. So I mean, so far, anyway, I feel like it's probably going to change. But anyway, check it out. It's it's good, I think, so far. And we'll be it's talking about it. It's also
0: enough of a bestseller that your local library probably has. Yeah. It.
1: And then our next other episode. So, as we mentioned, we do a book episode, and then we do an episode about something else, perhaps book-related. This one will be book-related, because we'll be talking about the new Pet Cemetery movie, um, which I am super pumped about. Um, I'm actually gonna listen to the audiobook Scary. to prep for that. y'all do not have to feel like you have to do that, but Michael C Hall narrates the audiobook and as a six feet under super fan, I feel like I gotta check that out. Um, I'm legit scared. of this I am movie. so excited. um I remember I remember when the movie the first when I watched the first movie, I was young, but I was very scared. And I watched it with my cat, so that was interesting. I watched it for the first time a couple years ago, and I was scared. Yeah, um, So I'm very, like, I'm just, like, so pumped about this movie. It looks super scary. I'm going to be very disappointed if it's not Um, going to go ahead and throw that out there. Be super disappointed. I think it will be. But, yeah. So that's coming up. I'm very excited about both of these episodes. I think it's going to be good, so y'all should come back and check that out.
2: Well, um, you can – if you have any – thoughts or comments or questions which maybe if you, you probably have about if you want to tell us about the CREE, please write in so our email address is the squad at book squad goals.com you can find us on social media at book squad goals on twitter and instagram and facebook you can subscribe to us on apple podcasts or any other podcast catcher podcast. you should subscribe you want to, to us um you we're finally on Spotify. Subscribe. You will. Um, and, you know, give us a review. But only if it's good. Yeah. Don't be like, <laughs> Just kidding. these were a bunch of
1: women and I couldn't relate because you clearly weren't listening. these reasons
3: when we feminist were talking
1: about that earlier. Hose. These freaking femi- <laughs> feminist
0: liberal.
2: feminist. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a feminist. It's like a combination of feminism and minimalism.
1: Yes.
0: Oh, boy.
1: I'm not minimalist at all, y'all. Like, I'm fancy as fuck, so.
2: All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you. We'll see you Susan, next time. Susan, we missed you. We missed you, Susan. Can't wait to see you. Yeah.
1: Bye.